Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Life Church Canton podcast. My name is Jared Van Vorst, and I'm your host for the show. I'm also one of the pastors at Life Church. Thanks for listening today. We finally got some rain if you are outside. Um, I'm just going to let you know it's not helpful to have your tent set up in your backyard with the doors open. Everything is soaked. So that's just a little bit more personal information for what's going on in my life right now. Not a huge deal, uh, but we're working through it. I I hope you're enjoying this podcast, and if you're brand new to us, uh, thanks for joining us. And if you eventually find this information and this content helpful and impactful, I would encourage you to subscribe to it and then share it with somebody who might also benefit from this as well. Also, I want to let you know that uh, we would love to invite you to prayerfully consider contributing to the work of Life Church. And to find out more information about that, you can go to lifechurchcanton.org slash give. And uh, we just want to thank you ahead of time for any contribution that you make towards the work of Life Church. Today, you're going to hear an episode of Table Talk Thursday, and that typically involves myself and Pastor Daniel and Pastor Nathan. Uh, and then we have a special guest as well, but we have a great discussion, um, and I hope you learn a lot from it. Uh, so without further ado, here is Table Talk Thursday. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Table Talk Thursdays. I am here uh, with a few of my brothers in the Lord, and I just want to welcome you to our time this uh, afternoon. Remember that all questions are welcome, questions about the most recent sermon, any questions about life in general, uh, questions are due into us by Tuesday evening, and we will put that on cue for the next show. All questions in, in, that are on the Facebook Live will also be answered. And so uh, if you're listening uh, and you hear us answer uh, in the moment and in time questions, is because we are on Facebook Live. So feel free to join us at any time as well. I also want to remind you of a few things to remind you to continue to pray for our nation, uh, pray for our church as well. And also this Saturday, I'm excited that I'll be hanging out with about 50-something brothers or so uh, as we uh, have our men's breakfast. And it'll be a great old time. And if you perchance are listening before then and you want to join us, come on down and register online. Um, but if you don't register, you might not have any food, but you'll still have fellowship. So we promise you fellowship. One of the Fs will be there. So you'll get food or fellowship. You might get both if you sign up. So we'd love to see you. Well, I'm here with uh, a couple of my brothers, my pastor, my co-pastors here and fellow pastors. And and then we have a, a very handsome young man who's oh, here, too, that we'll talk about soon. Uh, but Pastor Nathan's Pastor Jared, how are you brothers doing? I am doing well. Uh, excited to have some rain last night. Um, and then I found out that uh, our tent is in the backyard and the doors were open. So, you know, everything is soaked. But um Doing well, excited to be starting a new series that people are going to hear this weekend Um, and uh, trying to figure out what the plan is going to be for school this fall, because who really knows? Um, But other than that, our family's great, excited to be part of this church, excited to move forward, even in the midst of a pandemic. Amen to that. And what's the name of that new series? Sticking to the Gospel. Awesome. Pastor Nathan, how you doing, brother? I'm doing all right. Uh, I am excited about this weekend. I am excited um, that we'll be announcing 
um, that we're going to be getting together here on August 30th. Uh, I'm excited about New Life Weekend. Uh, we'll talk maybe a little bit about that later, but um, I'm, I, I feel like the the tide's shifting and maybe I'm just ahead of it because I definitely see the numbers and everything is difficult, but I just feel a sense of newness in the air. Um, it can be because we have been able to watch a little bird's nest um, in our planter off the front, a hanging planter off the front. So we've had four baby eggs or four eggs, four babies, then one went missing. The other one jumped out of the nest and started hopping around. And it has been a, a beautiful thing to watch the new life. Um, and I am hoping that some cat doesn't come in and just like take them out. Uh, but we get attacked by the birds every morning when we leave the uh, the house because they built their uh, nest right outside of our uh, entrance. But we love it. The kids love it. And um, it's fun just to experience the beautiful Michigan summers, even the rain. Got to love it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm mixed blessing, thankful for the rain because of the grass. But I had just finished um, – spraying the house the other day for pesticides and all that stuff. So I needed some days for that thing to dry. So I'm hoping. Uh, so, you know, one man's rain is another man's uh, waste of money. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but we are joined with our pastor of engagement. Did I say that right, brother? Pastor of engagement? Man, that's a mouthful of what that could mean. And um, Al, how are you, brother? How are you doing, period? And how are you doing in this season? We're glad you're able to join us. Uh, but we just wanted to touch base with you, man, and see how you're doing and uh, shed some light on the parts of our ministry that people don't get to see often. And we, we're thankful for you, brother. So how are you doing? Period. Yeah. How's well, family? I, I am doing great. I'm trying to figure out, first of all, how I got lucky enough to get on here with these three guys. Uh, there you go, brother. It's, it's all see see you every yeah see you every week and go like how oh, do I get on with those guys? So it's been this is this is a great time and. Um, Nathan, I feel you. Um, we had a bird's nest right outside my door, but like right on top of where the light is. So every time we open the mm. door, you hear the mother bird just fly out and she'd go sit there and kind of wait for us. And plus we want to sit on our porch and, and talk. And, but that means she doesn't want to come near the nest. And so it's, it's something, but glad those things are gone and we've moved on from that nest and can move on to enjoying our summer and uh, and the porch uh, a little bit more than what we were doing before, but but uh, but I'm personally I'm doing pretty well, um, doing pretty well. But you know, probably like everybody else, um, you have some of those uh, struggles from time to time as you walk through uh, some of this. I know um, Rich Rich Allen and I we get to talk every couple weeks, and you know, one of those first questions is say, so Al, how you doing? And it's kind of like, well, sometimes do you really want to know, right? It's like, do you really want to know what's going on? And, um, but for the most part, I'm doing pretty well. I probably go through some struggles just like everybody else. I mean, working from home for four months uh, has been a little difficult, you know, not seeing my coworkers, not seeing you guys uh, in the office. Um, leading life groups sometimes can be uh, rough, like last night we had, to, um, we had to say goodbye to a couple that's in our group who um, took a new job down in South Carolina. And so it's never fun when you have to sit in on a Zoom call and say goodbyes and you can't really hug them like you want to and everything. So there's definitely some some challenges there. Um, things with the kids are, are interesting. Um, I think we were, you know, Jared was mentioning school and what's going on there. And 
I'm thinking that, but I'm also thinking about my college students who, um, you know, even though they're making plans to go back and meet in person, you know, is it going to, to really happen or is he going to be stuck from home again? What's that going to look like? And I know he's having a hard time with that. But, you know, for the most part, I feel like I'm doing pretty well. Um, you know, when I'm able to step back and, and uh, stop and refocus, I mean, um, God's presence, God's peace um, is what's, what's getting me through. But, uh, but for the most part, I know personally I'm doing pretty well. Great. Thanks for sharing that, brother. How many kiddos do you have? I have got four of them. One in nice. college, one, one shy in high of a starting five. Oh, man, I tell you. <laughs> I tell you, but it's not as, it's not as bad. Um, I grew up and I'm the oldest in nine in my family. So we had a baseball team. Now I'm just looking for, like you said, a starting. Well, actually, I'm not looking for a starting five. I should, <laughs> should take that back. Um, oh, nope, can't take it back. Lord heard yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. recorded. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. But I got them spread out all over the place. College, high school, middle school, elementary. So, uh, so good times in our house. good stuff who's up jared did you have a question yeah is it me yeah yeah like like, what (laughs) your name is like we have we have dead air right now i'm sorry i thought i was missing something but i'll edit that whole pause out out of this okay good sweet (laughs) sweet what what have you found um in this season you know because it's everybody has different things that they can kind of default to in terms of um getting that peace from God and being reminded of God's peace. Yeah. Um, and it looks different for everybody. What, what does that look like for you? How have you um, remained connected to God? What has been yeah. a blessing to you in this time? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a great question. And I tell you what, for me, especially, and I'm sure I'm not the only one on this, but um, the weather uh, has definitely helped out in a lot of different areas. And I, and I guess, um, what I what I mean by that is it's really and uh, maybe I'll explain this, but for me, um, just being able to to rest maybe a little bit more, um, to be able to to refocus uh, my mind a little bit. I know that you know, we were I think we were just talking about this in in staff, so I'm no I won't surprise uh, Nathan with this, but you know I've really been kind of learning what really a Sabbath is a, a, a little bit better than what I had before and um, in, in my life. And, and what I mean by that is I know that I've been working extremely hard to kind of, you know, ruthlessly eliminate everything that just doesn't belong in that day. Um, you know, whether it's uh, taking a strip, a, 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 a trip to the grocery store because I'm used to doing some shopping for my family or, 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 or other things. I just really try to eliminate everything um, on that day so that I can have it for me and, 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 um, and, and for my time uh, with God. And I've personally, I've read probably more in this last four months than any probably other four month period of my life, which has been really great as far as, again, refocusing. Um, I know I like to, uh, and this is kind of where the weather comes into play, I, lo- I love to take walks. Um, and in that time, just converse with, with God. And when I take a walk, I mean, I deliberately walk. And what I, what I mean by that is, is sometimes I take off and my, my, my kids are out playing in the front yard, especially my older boys who like to give me a hard time a lot. Um, I'll take off and I walk about as slow as you can be. And you're just like, Dad, is there something wrong? <laughs> right? Come on, speed it up just a little bit. And, and I just like to do that because I just like to just slow down. 
and uh, take my time walking through uh, the neighborhood. And like I said, just enjoying, um, just enjoying uh, God, the world and, and just being able to, to slow down and, and uh, have a good conversation um, with God. And, and I tell you what, you know, during this, during this season, um, in lots of ways, certain things have been kind of weeded out of all of our schedules just because of what's been going on. Um, you know, I personally, uh, leading up to my time uh, coming on staff full time, I used to hold some other, uh, another job to, to, to bring in some income. But now that that's been put off, it's kind of freed up some extra time on the weekend as well. And so really being able to do that's been been a blessing uh, to me. I, I, you know, and then also probably I'll just throw in there blessing extra time with our kids, our family. Um, you know, I, we've always um, worked really hard at prioritizing that dinner time around the table. We may be one of the, the few families maybe in our community that eats regularly at five o'clock and, and we just all do it. We sit down. It's part of our routine. But um, we've um, actually, during the past four months, just been extending that time. And what I mean by that is where we used to just get up right when it was over and everybody kind of go do their own thing. We find ourselves sitting around the table an extra 15, 20 minutes, just talking, right? And um, it was an observation I made with my wife one time. I said, is it just me? Or are we sitting around the table a little bit longer than we used to? And uh, she noticed that too. And so that's that's been that's been great. And that's been a blessing. And then, you know, just extra time, um, extra time with my wife, uh, again, whether it's walking or we're constantly sitting out on the porch, um, whether it's after dinner, whether it's the evening, just having extra conversation, all of that has been just been a huge blessing. Uh, I tell you us. what, you you are like one of the most blessed people we've had on here. You're, yeah. you're rivaling, rivaling Rich Allen as far as yeah. your, your attitude. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I love it. I love it. Hey, man, you know, it's been great. We talked about this. You know, you've been here at the church for quite a while um, serving. And then mm. recently, uh, honestly, just a few months before COVID hit, mm. uh, maybe a month, you came on full time, um, although you were pretty much – doing a full-time job just because you can't help yourself. Um, but we brought you on to be the engagement pastor mm. and what actually we knew was going to be important, but became almost absolutely critical in the, uh, the pandemic season. So it's almost like we knew God knew what he was doing when he brought you here. So people don't always, I mean, people who've been coming here new, they know your name better than they know mine. They probably know more about you than you know me because you're about engagement. What, what is engagement? What, what is your job? What do you do yeah. here? Yeah. Well, first of all, it, it, you know, Nathan, it's been great to be um, a part of the staff and to be able to serve with, with you guys. And you're right. I mean, my role is uh, it's, it's been an interesting journey at Life Church. Um, from coming here to just when my wife and I were looking for a church just to kind of um, um, heal um, uh, spiritually from some from some ministry things and to be able to move from just being a resident to now being full-time. Uh, it's been great. But so my role, you know, as engagement is really just kind of what it says is, and that's just how to help people not just be um, attenders, but someone who engages um, with the mission or maybe even with, think about our church code and the different ways that we can join in and, and participate with that. 
And so I, I try to help everyone from the first time they fill out a connect card um, all the way through when they're running through uh, being a disciple and into partnership. And, and so that just, that's a lot of different things. I, I, I um, specifically do things like follow up on our first and second time guest, uh, helping them get connected. Um, I do things like uh, help people find uh, community, help people get into a life group, whether that's organizing um, life group connect um, is one of our three major ways that uh, we do that. I get to uh, get to coach uh, a handful of small groups. Um, I get uh, young couples, young families. It's about 16 different groups I get to come alongside of and help as, as they lead their groups. Um, I get to help take help people take that next step of baptism. I tell you, that is probably, and that's something that, that Rich uh, gave me the opportunity to do not, not too long after I first got here that I've really, really enjoyed the most. Um, helping people walk through that and to be honest, writing their stories. I, I just enjoy that so much. I get to hear so many of these stories and even things that aren't even included in their testimonies that they get a chance to share with me. So helping people uh, do that, helping people uh, get into partnership dinners, learn a little bit more about what it means to be a partner, um, leading partner care, which is uh, a great thing that we, we uh, launched last fall, which just allows us to put staff people in the lives of our partners to help walk alongside of them, encourage them, pray with them, help them with any possible next steps that they need to, to take, encourage them, be that cheerleader uh, for them in that process. And then lastly, um, I, I get to work a, a lot with um, John Grandy and our, our life journey team in uh, developing processes to help us keep us on track, uh, moving people uh, through, through life journey. So basically not too much uh, <laughs> not too much, um, but uh, I mean, I, I think it would be bad if the engagement pastor wasn't engaged. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, you, but, you are engaged, it, brother. But you know what? The, the best part about this, Nathan, is, um, and this is what I really appreciate about you and, and Rich, is that when we put this position together, it was developed around my passions and it was developed around my strengths. It wasn't just hey we need this, somebody to do this, but Al, you do this well, and you like this, and how about this? And, and so that's been the best part um, of this position is to be able to do that. Yeah, and that, what I love about it is is one of the things that has become clear to us is it's not about attendance anymore, mm -hmm. it's about engagement. Mm -hmm. And if we really think it's about people taking their next step and being involved, not just to accept Christ or to get into a group, but that there's always another step, there's always something to grow in. Uh, to have someone whose job is to make sure that they see and track and know where people in the church are and to see the gaps and the shortcomings that we have where we're not providing the right next step uh, uh, for people to have someone who's looking at all of that, the big picture from, from the moment, like even the moment we get their information, however that is, all the way to the moment where they are discipling people and potentially, you know, getting on to the leadership team to know where people are in that journey and that development process and engagement. It's mm -hmm. crucial. So I'm, and you love that stuff, which yeah, is so wrong. You're like, I love <laughs> the process cues. I love the systems. I'm like, 
good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We got a little running joke in our house that, that dad really loves meetings for some reason and uh, get togethers and, and all that other stuff behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. I love it a lot. Sweet. Awesome. Well, good. Well, I mean, Hey, so obviously this is a unique season um, for all of our different um, ministries and purview but specifically about, you know, engaging people. I'm sure this is, has a uniqueness to it. Um, what challenges have you faced um, and in what ways have you dealt with it and any sort of um, universal principles or whatever that you can share with us or even with our listeners to, uh, to help them as they face challenges in their different uh, places of life? Yeah. You know, I, I think when, when, when I was thinking through this, um, you know, what challenges, and I think it's probably something that, that every one of us are facing. I know a lot of us on staff are, and that is just, you know, adapting to how we're doing ministry. Um, It's, it's, it's a lot of work. Like, um, like a lot of us, much of what we do is, is centered around some of those, those in-person gatherings, right? Um, Those life groups, those, um, baptism classes, those partnership and whatever, those are just, you know, those are things that, that gatherings that I deal with. Uh, but, but it's tough to, uh, to begin to adapt to that, or, you know, let me give you an, another example of, you know, of a challenge that I face as far as that, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't uncommon that during a set of four weekend services that I could have five, six, seven conversations with people uh, just in the lobby and uh, be able to discover, hey, you need to take this next step or how can we do that? And now I don't, I don't get to have those conversations all the time. And so some of that is difficult. And so the answer to me in dealing with some of this really, I don't know if this sounds good or not, is really just been about experimenting. Um, and what I mean by trying something new, I, I, I remember when we sat as a staff uh, I think it was middle of March or so, and we gathered in the corner and we started talking a little bit about how we're going to deal with this. And that seems like such a long time a ago, long brother. I can't even ago. remember that. <laughs> I can't I just, even remember that. I just remember this example, and I'm not sure if Nathan, you you gave it or not, but we were talking football terms a little bit, right? And we were talking about, hey, the quarterback he dropped. If you don't know football, sorry about that, but if you do, you'll understand this, right? the quarterback and you drop back and there's a defensive foul that means it's a free play right and so the quarterback most of the time he throws the Hail Mary and he takes a chance and if it doesn't work out hey he gets to try it again and so I've been thinking about that a whole lot um, during this process and so just been experimenting things like um, moving moving some of my trainings on, online and, and to be honest with you I was a little worried about that at first but I've gotten a lot more participation in things like that. I've been interesting. Yeah. Because I was a little worried because, you know, everybody wants somebody to come to their meeting. Right. And for some reason, if you can work out that time and people don't have to leave their homes and whatever. So they just, they jump in uh, a little bit more. I've been kind of fooling around probably with zoom, like a lot of people. And maybe this kind of shows my dorkiness just a little bit, but I've been kind of uh, putting together little trainings or tutorials for some of my volunteers so that they can have them and see them and, as far as what to do, um, you know, we've moved kind of our pastor brunch online and been trying some different hangouts with, you know, five, six, seven, eight of us kind of think about sitting around a table, kind of talking a little bit, um, doing that. And, and, and even now, as we, um, we missed our, um, 
our life group connect back in April, looking forward to August and, and knowing what we're up against. Even now as a team, we're sitting here saying, how do we do this differently? This is, and this could be our one chance to try something differently and, and, and be okay with that. Right. Um, and so looking at some of those, some of those different ways. So, you know, in, in, in adapting to these, to these times for me, it's just been really about trying to experiment and try some new things and, and, knowing that it's okay right now and being given permission to do that uh, has been really great um, as we walk in through this. So it's been about adapting and experimenting uh, for me. It's been, a, um, it's been a season of innovation in many ways. Yeah. And one, one thing's for sure though, Pastor Nathan, is that uh, at least one person on your staff listens to you when you talk because he right. is engaged. That brother can copy and can repeat anything that's he said. Right. And I, I love that though. Uh, and I'm thankful for that, brother, because you do lead by example. I think it'd be interesting for you to be called a passive engagement and you're not engaging. Mm. Um, and so, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, so you lead by example. And, and I, I, I'm a testament while I wasn't part of the conversation and bring you on. I am a testament to the fact that it fits you mm. uh, and it fits you well. So thank you for leading us in that area. Yeah, uh, we appreciate great. it. Great team to be a part of. Yeah. You'll need to find yeah. a different metaphor, though, because I don't know if we're going to have football. Uh, in the fall, um, you shut I'm, your I'm, mouth. I'm just yeah. saying, yeah. <laughs> but also, but also, um, I'm gonna talk about spiritual warfare here in a little bit. I don't like, yeah. the, what a, uh, I don't like the agreement you're making right now. And, I mean, and, I just, I, I really felt like I didn't belong as he was giving that analogy of football. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, what do, what do we do? Talk maybe basketball, may, may, you know, maybe. You know, but you're like, yeah, the quarterback is, I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm well, and then he also mentioned a free play, and I'm not sure if Detroit fans know, like, though, like, what, what's a free play? Uh, when does the quarterback get an opportunity to do something? So we'll, that'll be another table talk Thursday. We'll talk wow. about a free play. Does Detroit have throwing a team? some shade? He's throwing wow. some shade right now, saying that Detroit people don't know football. You watch yourself. Watch it. We may be losers, no. but we know what we're talking about. All right. <laughs> well, I think he's not necessarily saying you don't know football. He's probably just saying you don't know how to play football. It's probably the the, the um, wow. wow. And I don't okay. have a dog in this fight. I really don't. I don't. I don't. I just like the. So, I just like the combating. <laughs> speaking of Al, um, Al, I'm so grateful that you came on, and um, Nicole is excited that you're wearing a Penn State shirt. Mm. Um, there's some people watching right now, whether it's Kevin or Wanda or Melissa from my doctor. Actually, I got three people from my doctorate program on here. Um, man, the people are watching this. I can't encourage you enough to share this, whether it's on Facebook or a podcast. And if you're listening to this on the podcast later, man, send it out. We want everybody to know who Al is. And we don't always get the chance to tell people, to hear from him, to engage with him. And he's got such passion. We are uh, have an abundance of amazing people at, at this church. I'm just overwhelmed. Mm. It was like a gold mine. I showed up and here, here's Al and he, somehow he's not on full-time staff. And I'm like, oh, we got to get him before he goes away because he's amazing. And uh, we celebrate people and, and what he's doing. Al, I, I'm so grateful. You're always an encouragement to me, um, uh, an encouragement because you do listen, you take things to heart and you challenge yourself with the word of God and also about leadership. And it shows um, you're diligent. Uh, you care so deeply about people um, and you follow through. And one thing I'll say, and I didn't get a chance to say this, baptisms are coming up. 
Baptisms on August 30th. We're going to have an outdoor baptism. You can hear more about it. I'm going to announce it this weekend. We're going to do it. It's a new life weekend. We're going to do it. It's going to be awesome. We're going to put some chlorine in the water. We'll figure it out. If you haven't had a chance to be baptized, it's an amazing time to do that. And if you have listened to the last 130 or so baptisms we've had since Al's been a part of the process, he is it that, has it's helped been that people. Oh, at least. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, we, I think we baptized 100 people in a one-year period or something like that. But the stories, the s- testimonies, we need some good news right now. And we're going to hear some good news. And Al makes that process amazing, making sure they have mentors, making sure they're in order, making sure everyone's ready to go and that they are able to experience that moment. Al, that is probably one of the biggest things that you do that makes a massive impact on the hearts of our people. So thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I was, as you were talking there for a second, I was trying to figure out who you were talking about uh, <laughs> for just a second, but, uh, but I appreciate that. And, and along those lines, you'll hear it this weekend. Um, um, Sunday, August 2nd, uh, we're going to try to do um, an in-person baptism class. So if there's anybody listening, um, you can register, probably should be able to register, I think, on the Now page this weekend, right, Jared? They will be by um, this weekend. Not not yeah. yet, but by this weekend they will be. By able. this weekend, yep. yeah. Yep. So looking forward to it. And if anybody well, thinks that, that Al is all consumed with church because of all the things that he's responsible for and he just never leaves the church, that's not true. He's also engaged in his community. I get to be his assistant coach for our boys' baseball team. So, oh, um, oh sweet. He, Okay. Al is, Al is like, if God is omnipresent, Al's like, eh, just careful now. No, okay. I don't know, <laughs> buddy. We'll finish that no. This I love you like a bad habit, but come on now. No, no. <laughs> yeah. well, thanks, Al, for being here, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, you, brother. Appreciate All right. you. All right, guys. Any parting words? Any last words? No, I, I think uh, just just like all of us, um, I, I'm just going to say it from from our perspective. Just we'll just keep focused. We'll keep moving forward. Uh, we'll get through this together. We've got a great team. We've got great leaders, and uh, we'll just continue to put our trust in them and uh, allow them to lead us. And I think uh, I think we'll get through this. Uh, I think we'll get through this great on the other side for sure. Awesome. Well, I love you, Thanks, brother. Al. Love you guys. See ya. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. good, good. That was engaging. I don't know I where like, uh, Jared was trying to go with that heresy, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just, we're throwing just, some shade at Jared today. I feel bad for Jared. I feel like we're picking we on him. I can a little we, bit. Well, then we should stop that. That's just love yeah. brother. You know how in high school or college, the guy, you know, you hit on, you know, you love people. That's, that's what happened. What, what guys were you? I, I don't know. There, Whatever. I'm, I, I didn't know where I was going with that at this point. So I just kind of, I, I let it go. So what's our first move question? On. Yeah. What's our so, first question? Yeah. So we want to, <laughs> I think it was uh, important for us to talk through spiritual warfare and just have some general thoughts on it. And so okay. basically one of the questions we were looking at was uh, for each of us, how does uh, Ephesians uh, 6, 10 through 20, which you know, kind of narrows in on spiritual warfare or the spiritual warfare passage, even though all of scripture is, is filled with it, but those are, that and Daniel is one of the places that people generally go to. Um, how does that impact your life personally on a daily basis? And even the season that we're in as a church, um, how are you looking at it from a spiritual warfare perspective and just general opinions, general comments and things of that nature, and even anything that, um, 
we weren't able to sort of clear up well on Sunday, that's also always a good room to have that conversation. If there's anything we wish we just tapped into. Um, and then we'll see where it takes us. Andy yeah, Takers? I can speak to that. Um, I think of how easily I forget that spiritual warfare is a thing um, and that it's active. Like so often um, in the midst of when I'm dealing with some kind of challenge, like that's for some, for some reason that seems to be the last thing that I'll consult. You know, um, if I'm, if I'm wondering, like, uh, if I'm, if I'm dealing with a challenging situation, I'm, you know, I'm first looking at the mirror, like where, where did I go wrong? Or maybe I'm looking at the other person, like, where did they go wrong? Or like, why are all of these things all happening all at once? And then, um, and then oftentimes I'll forget, but then eventually get to that point of like, maybe this is spiritual warfare, uh, where, mm. where this is happening. And I'll just speak to a personal uh, example um, in the process of coming on staff here, so leaving my church that I was at for 13 years, um, where I was invested in the community, I was invested in relationships, I had deep roots, um, and then all of a sudden feeling this tug from God of like, nope, it's time to go, you know, and then feeling the pull here too. And, and then it's not just me, it's my family and pulling my kids out of school. And then all of these relationships that I had built, like, all of this struggle and grief and change and, and kind of severing ties and building up new ones. And it just, it goes after you and goes after your mental state and your emotional state. You guys both have had to deal with that coming from the outside in. Um, and you just realize like uh, you, you, you feel attacked at times, um, not by any specific people, but, Paul talks about the, the principalities and the powers behind the things, you know, and, um, and you recognize like, man, there's, there's a lot going on here. Um, and my soul feels heavy. And I just want to say like, pastors feel that all the time, probably, um, for you, uh, whoever's listening, uh, regardless of what your circumstances are, don't, uh, don't forget that that's, that's a very real possibility that if you're dealing with some heavy, heavy stuff and it just seems like you're feeling hit from every side, it's a good chance that spiritual warfare is probably a part of that. And so just to pay attention to that. Now, I do also want to say this because sometimes people take that way too far. Um, like I had, it, I had it somewhere where somebody said, um, oh, I only asked for one pump of caramel in my macchiato and they put in two. And I just wonder, like, is God just trying to get my attention? I just feel like there's a personal attack, spiritual attack on my life right now. And I want to say, maybe not. Um, that's probably not the, the, the circumstance right now. So <laughs> sorry, be, I was trying to hold be it discerning. in. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I'll, I'll stop there. Yeah, with the the idea of seeing a demon in every bush is kind of like where that comes from. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think so much of this is our background, and um, I've been blessed. I talked about the doctoral program that I'm in, that I'm in, been into too long because I'm now I'm I'm trying to catch up on some things. But one of the beautiful things is it was multicultural and uh, multinational, and so I have brothers in Africa. Uh, brothers whose stories are amazing, you know, was born in a witch doctor, like prophesied over him. And it was an iguana, this is some weird stuff going on. And later he, he was Muslim and then, and then he came to Christ and now he speaks and, and they talk about spiritual warfare and casting out demons. Like it happens on a taxi drive to the airport. 
Like that's literally how they talk about it. For them, it's a reality that shows up often. And so I think some of this is our cultural backgrounds and our background there. And I know we're talking about spiritual warfare, but when we talk about angels and demons and possession kind of comes into that. For me, from a very young age, um, I didn't come from like a hugely charismatic background. It was part of the Vineyard Church movements in Foursquare, so there are some charismatic leadings. Um, but we talked about it and prayed about it. I've just had too many personal experiences, um, even from the age of fifth grade, of interacting with that there is something happening below the surface. There is something going on that's much deeper. And for me, I, uh, I believe as I, I look through spiritual warfare that it is actually the true battle. It's the battle that is the one that matters the most. And I don't get too um, wrapped up in like, like uh, trying to make sense of everything in the world uh, as whether it was an attack by the demon or, or, or not. I, I tend not to get stuck there, but I do realize that when, uh, in the world and in our church, there are spiritual forces that are at war. And the enemy wants to kill and steal and destroy. And he wants to influence culture and influence people in the church, Christians and non-Christians, to take away what they have in the gospel, to take away what they have in Christ. It's a huge huge conversation with many nuances. But what I appreciate is all of us come from a different background just on this call. And so we can all approach it from what we understand and what we see. But the spiritual forces that are going on in our world are real, that we, um, we can engage with them in prayer. We can realize that they are there. We can put on our armor and be defensive and also offensive and pray for God to move and, um, and, and to see him show up in huge ways. So for me, I, I've experienced everything from um, – uh, being part of manifestations of of uh, demons and evil entities, all the way to um, having experiences of God speaking through other people, you know, being held up against the word of God. I, I've seen so much. For me, it's it's not a question anymore of whether it's real. It's just how do we engage on that on a on a daily basis, and how do we not be afraid. I think too often what happens is people start to get really afraid of, of the enemy. And if we know Jesus Christ, uh, we have the full armor of God, but also that we have the authority uh, of Jesus Christ. And he has given us that authority. And often we spend too much time uh, beating our head against the wall or against other people when we need to realize there's a spiritual battle happening behind the scenes. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think... Uh, I think one of the things that, um, so I think the question is multi-layered in a sense, and I, maybe we have opportunity to talk more about even where we are as a church and yeah. what that does for us. But I think generally speaking, um, there's extremes in everything, right? There are people who see a demon in every bush and there are people who could look a demon in the face and say, nah, that's just a figment of my imagination. Um, and so there's a wide spectrum. One thing certain is that there's no, accurate, legitimate, honest reading of the Bible that precludes you um, from seeing spiritual warfare. It's just, there's, to say it more clearly, there's no way you read the Bible honestly and not have to face the reality of spiritual warfare. And, and I think one thing that I think is lost sometimes on people is spiritual warfare is not a New Testament construct or an Old Testament construct. It, it even predates humanity. Um, in terms of uh, the, the sort of war in heaven, if you will, um, 
and yeah. so, and I think many of us have had the privilege of reading far and wide, um, not just the Bible, but also in many other traditions and uh, even extra canonical stuff. One thing's for sure, there isn't any mainline religion that doesn't have some understanding of spiritual warfare. Um, whether they're right or wrong, there is innately in, in us as human beings is a reality that we are also spirit. Um, and we're spirit beings and there is a spiritual realm. In fact, psychology as a whole is becoming more sensitive to that. And so psychologists and therapists are being asked more and more um, to have some theological, some spiritual, some, um, you know, uh, metaphysical understanding of what this world is, because they realize in order to treat the person holistically, in order to treat your client holistically, you need to have some sense of holistically who that person is, especially if they are a religious person or a spiritual person, you want to be able to reach that. Um, so there's that piece. I think for me personally, I think, um, and I think we all echo this is this world is designed in such a way to cause you to forget that there is a spiritual realm, to blame everything on natural effects. Um, and in a very true sense, spiritual warfare or spirituality is all of who we are, right? So the fall in the garden is a spiritual issue that has physical ramifications. Um, and, and so even as I talk about mental health, uh, you know, psychology makes a distinction between psychosomatic, right? Psychological and then somatic mean human or flesh uh, from the Greek word soma. Um, but the truth of the matter is that um, where we are now as a humanity due to the fall is all spiritual in terms of origin. And it, it shows up physically. Now, what, what I don't want you to hear in me saying that folks who are listening anywhere is that because of that, then that means if you have, let's say, schizophrenia, then don't take medication because it's spiritual. That's not what that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that everything stems from God and everything stems from the fall in terms of our condition right now. And if that's the case, then there is no way that our treatment, whenever we're treating any symptoms, should not take into consideration the spiritual part of it. Um, and then sort of segueing the spiritual warfare, I think the reality is that we have a foe that is gifted, talented, uh, and has been at it for a long time. Um, and that's not meant to evoke fear, but that's meant to evoke the seriousness of the situation. And I think that's the part that I think sometimes is lost in our conversations, even as we talk about our disconnect over justice issues, our disconnect even over theology, the multiple denominations we have as a church, the history of the American church. When we think about all that and, and we never talk about spiritual parts of it and the warfare, like what else would make our enemy more excited than for people of God to disconnect over godly things? Yeah. yeah. Right. So, you know, anyway, so I would say that, but I think narrowing in a little bit more um, and then we do have a few questions too that we might be able to get to, but how do you guys see that as, you know, I kind of said it on my part, so I'll, I'll leave it to you brothers on this is, how do you see that? How, how do you, how does that make its way into your conversations? You know, Nathan, you're, you know, with the LT, you know, as you guys think through things, how, are you guys having that conversation? Uh, staff, are we talking about it? You know, Jared, as you leave folks and as we talk through, um, you know, just the structure of the church, the things that are happening in the church, are we really seeing this as an engagement in spiritual warfare? Hmm. That's a good question. 
I, I think you make um, an interesting point about the origins of this and that sometimes that's, that's, um, that's the first hurdle that has to be jumped over, so to speak, um, in recognizing that, that we are by nature spiritual. Um, you know, some people will say, well, I'm not religious, but I am spiritual. And, you know, what do you mean when you say that? Um, or some people will say, I am not spiritual, um, which I think is an interesting concept. We as followers of Jesus, we believe that we are spiritual in the sense that, you know, when, when God's spirit is breathed into Adam, right, that Ruach breath, um, that, that's, how we're, that's how we're built. That's how we're wired, um, is spirit beings, uh, in a sense, uh, but in flesh. And so there's that, that combination in the Hebrew context where you don't separate spirit and flesh, um, but then you've got Plato that comes along and it has a philosophy that does split those apart, that Gnostic thinking that, no, there's spirit over there and there's flesh over there and the two are different. And, um, and you have sort of an achievement status to the spiritual realm through knowledge, through more understanding, right? Um, and that throws a wrench um, not only into philosophy, but a philosophical understanding of what it actually means to be spiritual and therefore what it means to be a Christian. Um, and that still is tainting our view of Christianity, certainly in a modern world and in a Western world, even today. And so to get people in uh, 21st century America to remember that those are all interconnected, that when Jesus says, love, your, uh, love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that's kind of all one word. That's not separate entities of who you are. It's all intertwined. If we can get people to understand that, um, then what's the next commandment? I love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if you are loving yourself holistically, spirit, mind, body, soul, all of those things together, then you will begin to see other people as holistic people, <laughs> uh, not just well flesh and spirit separately, but together. And it will cause you, hopefully, it'll cause the spirit within you to really think about how do I talk to that person? How do I treat that person? How do I email that person mm. uh, with love and respect and grace, knowing that the same spirit that's within me is also within them and they are a whole person and I must treat them as such. I think it has massive implications for how we interact with yeah. everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Thank you, Jared. Just another layer of it. The you know, the question you posed was, um, LT staff conversations in the church, how are we engage it from this perspective of spiritual warfare? I'll build a little bit on what Jared just said, but it has to do with how we're interacting with each other and how we, um, how we look at our conversations. If we have an enemy, if the enemy is there, which I believe we do, and the enemy is going to try to create disunity and distress, then he's going to do that by asking these little questions. Did God really say, I mean, we could just go to where we know what he said. Did God yeah, really yeah. say, and then he twists it. And, and he said, did God really say you'd die if you touched the apple? Well, that's not what God said at all. He said, if you eat it. So then there's these lies. And what I, what I find most is that we have to be a, do a good job of governing on, on the LT, the leadership team of the church and the staff, our conversations with each other. And that we, we, one, 
try to expect the best of people, but also that if a narrative starts going on in our head and maybe it's being influenced by the enemy, who's either preying on our fears to see something that's not there or asking questions or showing up and gossip. You so a, a conversation of, of where you're talking about disunity and you're refusing to go to the person um, in it, that's a foothold. And so that's going to stir up. And, and all of a sudden what happens is these stories we tell ourselves about each other or about people in the church, um, they're more influenced at times by what the enemy is saying than what the true word of God is saying. And so I think what that's the easiest way. So you know, we don't have to have possessions for, you know, I think that wouldn't really show up in our church if there was a possession or Satan showed up in that huge way or whatever. I don't, I don't know if we would, we would probably respond differently to that. But when he shows up in conversation subtly over time, um, we just don't see that as an attack of the enemy. We just see it as like, uh, oh, that's just, you know, people talking. And so I, I think for LT and staff, mm. one of the things we've done and are doing specifically with the staff and LT is working on it too, is to not let Satan be the one who is controlling the dialogue um, between each other. So on staff, if you have an issue with someone on staff, you are called to go like Matthew 18 and go talk to them right away. Go talk to them. Like, go talk to them about the issue that you have. If they don't receive that well, bring someone with you. If they don't respond, go to your their direct report. If their direct report doesn't respond, go to the lead pastor. If the lead pastor doesn't respond, go to the LT. So there's these layers of accountability that help people feel safe so that the devil doesn't have a foothold in gossip and in backbiting. Um, I find that when you have a conversation with someone with an offense that you have against them, you start to, like Jared said, see them and see their heart and see who God has made them to be. And the Holy Spirit who lives inside of them lives inside of you. And he wants nothing more than reconciliation. He wants nothing more than restitution. And so he's going to work inside your heart and inside their heart to connect. So do you want the Holy Spirit to work inside of your heart or do you want the enemy to influence your heart? And if you don't follow the way that God calls you to do things well relationally, you're giving that influence over to something. It's just not the Holy Spirit. Yeah. No, I think that's good. Jared, this kind of piggies on our conversation last week about seeing someone in the image of God. And I think even as someone who, who is a proponent of the Imago Dei, I, I can run the risk of seeing this as an academic doctrine and not realize the spiritual nature of that, that no, this person, however marred and discarded that image is, was made in the image of yeah. the holy, sovereign, spiritual God of heaven. Um, and that demands some natural and basic respect uh, for how I engage that person. Um, and so we have, uh, we have a, a question um, or so um, from... Wait, is that the Shekinah glory that just flew out of Nathan's paper? Did you see this? Did you see? <laughs> I did. did you, I, oh. I wondered. I'm like, you burned a match. I'm not sure. What, what, uh, what, what is Brother, are you, you a secret candle? pyro? <laughs> Dude, for the, what the about what I do right on now. this stage? <laughs> for the first, that makes it a secret? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing secret. Okay. I'm lighting right. a candle. Good. Okay. Gravy, sure. Very odd timing. 
The podcasters right now are a little bit confused. Uh, Nathan (laughs) just lit a candle and we saw smoke up in front of his screen. So, yes, podcasters, open your spiritual eyes. You might be able to see what just happened. Oh, yeah. Um, So, our brother Chris Cruelly asked the question um, The devil and his demons are now referred to by descriptions Mm -hmm. uh, the accuser, the destroyer, uh, or even Legion. Um, Why don't they seem to have real names? And I think. Jared, you responded to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I think you're yeah, if you want to just go ahead and share your response podcast wise so people can hear. Sure. It. Sure. Um, so uh I think there's a very good possibility that they do have names. I just wonder if we know what they are and if we even make that connection. Um again, there's there's always extremes uh with with all of this kinds of stuff. I I have been in very hardcore Pentecostal circle circles where they had a name for every demon that attacked certain things, marriages, government. Uh, I just remember this one. There was a demon called Boyce and Boyce that attacked technology. Uh, I don't know if that's a thing. I, I, I just don't know. Like, um, like Duran Duran is like one of those type of, yeah, like a well, demon boy band. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. Uh, me and a friend thought it was, it was more, um, it looked like a vaudeville production called Boyce and Boyce and they had, uh, mustaches that they would twirl. I, I no, I'm probably be, being disrespectful here. So, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, and I was actually going to bring this one to the group too. I wonder, you know, is there a demon that's sort of in charge of greed? Is there a demon that's in charge of injustice? You know, I, I, I don't know. Um, mm. and I don't, I, I, but I also don't know how much time do I want to spend on right. What's the Id- purpose of that? Identifying yeah. the names of demons, um, and is that even important? Uh, more so in what I had said in my response. Um, I'm if I don't know the name of a demon, at least I know the name of the one that brings life. So all demons are going to bring mm. destruction and death. Um, mm. I don't know if I need to know all those names, but I do need to know the name that brings life. And that's the name Jesus, of Jesus. Yeah. And, we, and we talk about that all throughout scripture. They talk about the name of Jesus. We sing songs about there is power in the name of Jesus. And why is that? Well, because that name is the name that brings eternal life. Um, so I, I was curious what, what you guys would think about that too. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll just jump on that. Like I have, because that's something that I naturally have a uh, interest in. I have uh, tons of names in my head um, and uh, of of demons and their their supposed domains. Um, right. And especially having read through the pseudepocrypha and all that stuff, you you read through Solomon and the many demons that come to him and give him their name um, and all that good stuff. I don't, I don't know how much I put stock into that, uh, but I was I'm fond of saying. Um, I will not spend time on the counterfeit. I'll spend time on the real, right? So whenever you want to, whenever they're teaching people in finance how to recognize counterfeit money, they teach them the real dollar. Yeah. Spend time on the real. That's how you recognize the fraud. And so we are called over and over to know God, know God, know God. Rarely are we called, if any time, to know the devil. We are called to recognize his schemes Mm -hmm. and his wiles. We're told that over and over, but not to be so inundated because here's a very crafty creature that even transforms himself to an angel of light, right? So the devil can take on so many different things. So spend time knowing God and then your spiritual olfactory sense is alert and Hmm. wise and you can sniff out what's not godly. Um, And so that's what I would say, but I don't, I don't care to know the names of these. Unfortunately I do. Hmm. Um, 
And one specific angel that I spent time learning about was Metatron, which is such an interesting name. He's a Jewish tradition angel. I don't even know why I said that, but anyway, um, but I don't, it's I don't like care about that because <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's a real, it's like literally like yeah, ancient right. Hebrew, uh, which is so weird. Um, so maybe they stole from Transformers, who knows? Um, but um, not Megatron, but Metatron. Metatron. No, I know. Yeah. He's the, the OG. <laughs> but it sounds close enough, don't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The OG Transformer. So again, uh, to not water down my point, my point is simple. Spend time learning and knowing God and you don't have to worry about the rest of it. Yeah, I think that's, that's huge. Uh, part of it as well is it talks about how receiving words of knowledge in, in scripture and running or, um, uh, in the word of God, it talks about testing what you hear from mm. uh, spirits mm. against mm-hmm. the word of God. And if it doesn't line up with the word of God, with truth, again, the belt of truth, as you were talking about, the context of which we're in, if it doesn't line up, well, it's not from God. So it's either from the pizza you ate last night or or it's from the enemy. And so I think that's what's crucial to understand is there are, um, I have heard people say, well, God told me that it was totally okay for me to get divorced. Mm-hmm. That doesn't run up against scripture. Um, yep. In this case, it definitely didn't. But like, I, I've heard that where they're saying, well, I felt from God this. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm glad you felt that. But could it be that something else is influencing you, especially when it is affirming passions, desires, attitudes, actions that don't line up with the word of God? Well, that's sinful. Well, if there's something that's influencing you towards sin, that's the enemy. And so what you said is, is we, we got to return to that belt of truth and spend time and community um, getting into it. And I, I mean, I'm going to share some statistics. Well, I'm sorry, whoever is preaching is going to share some statistics. You should not. Uh, this, that last part know, gave it away. I, like, I just, whoever. <laughs> but we gave some statistics. At some point right when now. you preach in the future. Right. Yes. I will bring yeah, us in the future sometime. Mm-hmm. About how um, American Christians, according to studies, are less and less likely to believe that Satan is even real. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like you said, all you need to do is read the word of God to realize that he is, which says to me, we're not reading the word of God. Well, brother, um, I, I was going to circle back to that, and I'm glad you gave me a good segue, because uh, what is the old saying? There we go, but here we are. Um, we, we keep running and running, but we'll always end back up on what's God's objective truth, which is why I have a natural disdain sometimes when we sit in circles and you know, um, and talk about, hey, what are you feeling? What are you sensing from God's like? We've become this over sensing people and we're not asking, man, what's God's word saying? What's that truth of God's word, the objective truth? Because like you rightly said, how do you know that that isn't coming from your flesh or the enemy? Just because a narrative is being ran in your mind doesn't mean you're the one running the narrative. Like that's, that's facts. Like it could mm-hmm. be a script. And most likely if it's something that is not in line with God's word. It is a script that is ran by the adversary that he has been able to use successfully thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Why would he change it? It's the same thing. Tell you that God isn't faithful and he doesn't love you. Make you make you suspect of your brother's intentions for you and then gossip and then carry on news about them and not even go to them and talk to them. Like this is all tricks of the devil that causes us as a church to disconnect from each other. And so my plea uh, to us um, as a reminder is, man, folks, go, go talk to people that you have issues with. 
go reach out to them. Stop saying they're unapproachable. Perhaps that's a script from the enemy. Perhaps that's that's a script that's keeping you from engaging them. Now, if, if you reach out to them and they, they act like the enemy, then let's have that conversation. But you just can't presume on people um, because that's a good script to make. Even in our marriages, we, we can run mm. scripts of how our wives or our husbands are not for us, how our children don't appreciate us, how our parents don't appreciate us. These are scripts that have worked for thousands of years to to degrade the integrity of the family. And what's the biggest family? The church of God. It's been working, folks. And we have in many ways been emissaries of the devil without knowing it sometimes. And prayerfully, we didn't know it. But some of us, maybe they do know it. Uh, But those are real things that we need to struggle with that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And that's important. So, yeah, just go back to basics of God's word. we have one more question that we might be able to knock out quickly, or might it's one o'clock. Be a comment. <laughs> it's one o'clock. Oh, never oh, mind. Oh, is it a, right, is so it a question on on this? From, topic? Yeah, from what's the name? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. All right. Cool. So Renee says, our sister Renee says, I don't know what the comment first part of it was, but she says, "Weird. My nephew's fiance's mom has supposedly been hearing from God, dreams and visions, uh, and called to be the keeper or the keeping." scrolls closed and and want to hear i want to hear more but out huh it sounds like essentially she's her 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 mother her fiance's mom her nephew's fiance's mom is saying claiming that she's hearing from god and that she's called to be the keeper of the scrolls and she thinks that that might be a demonic possession what are your thoughts so that's probably a lot to unpack uh, but let me just say quickly for me, sw- swiftly, is I don't believe a Christian can be possessed by demons. I believe we can be influenced, but I don't believe there's possession. So I make a distinction yeah. between that. So I would say, is 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 possession possible? Yes, it's possible if you're not a believer of Christ. Influence is definitely possible, um, even if you're a believer of Christ. So that's where I would land on that one. Yeah, one of, one of the things, too, is the way we word, use the word possession in Scripture um, mm. can be better understood as oppression. And I believe Christians mm-hmm. can be oppressed. I believe that because they have the Holy Spirit of God inside of them, that they cannot be controlled. But what is right. control? If you control someone's narrative and they don't ever do anything about it, I mean, you can influence them to do anything. That's, that's I mean, ask any abuser, right? Ask any, like, yeah. <laughs> so, so Facts. I do believe possession happens of those who don't know God. But I think that oppression and that's an external i would call that an external influence can happen um if especially if we do not fight it with the word of god and in truth and through discernment that's just my feel on that so this one obviously not enough information really to talk through it continue to point to the word of god and towards um um, christ and see where the conversation leads yeah I wanted to say one last comment because uh, I want to make sure I'm affirming some of the things that people are choosing to do. So Nathan, you mentioned, you know, some people will come to you and say, you know, I feel like God is telling me to do yeah. X, Y, or Z. And that's fine. I don't, I don't want to shy people away from doing no. that um, because they might in some ways just be very new at understanding um, what God the is language doing and just and don't have the language for it. Yep. Yeah, and so, yeah. so if anybody out there is, you know, you've yes. said that, or you feel that even that that's okay. Live into that, but then surround yourself with community and the word of God, because some of you might still be new at learning the word of God and, 
and discerning what it says and interpreting what it says. And so it is important to go to leaders and people who are faithful to the text. And But I would just follow it up with this statement. So if you say, hey, I feel God is saying X. Um, great. Also say, am I missing anything there? Does that sound off? Can you, can you help me understand that? And, and the reason I say that is because I think of the story of Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, the Ethiopian eunuch, for whatever reason, has a scroll of Isaiah, I think, and he's reading it, but then he sees Philip, and Philip goes to him and says, hey, do you understand what you're reading? And, and the eunuch says, no, uh, not unless I have anybody to help me understand it, basically. So it's always an opportunity for more invitational dialogue. Yeah. And to, to go back and forth. And that's, again, and I'm, I'm a broken For record, sure. but why? No, that's good. That's balance. So this is, so, yeah. yeah, this is the beauty of why we have what we have, right? And you cl- you even disclaimer that by saying um, community that's faithful to God's word, right? Yeah. So yep. I think that's a good balance. Yeah. Um, here's a little joke that I had in my head. I don't know if it's funny or not. But wait, so she said her fiance's mom is saying that she's the keeper of the scroll. And then you just said the Ethiopian had a scroll. Is her mom Ethiopian? I don't know. Hmm. All right. Talk to you guys soon. All right. <laughs> it has been a joy um, uh, to be to be on here. I am always thankful for our privilege to intersect with our folks and connect with our folks. Um, any last words, brothers, as we bid do? No. No. All right. Love you guys. We will see you guys very soon. And let me see, how do I unzoom this? God bless you. See you guys soon.